Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Industry. I think firstly, we have to start off with demography, um, the aging population. And then secondly, I think we have to look at the great shift in pensions, both through government reforms and through the move from defined benefit to defined contribution schemes, which in short means that people are living a lot longer. Um, Men are living 10 years longer than they were 50 years ago, women eight years longer. So people need an investment or an income through a long pension, often 30 years. And this combines with the economic landscape where we're seeing Interest rates very low, bond yields very low. So how do pensioners last through to the age of maybe 95 with an income? Going back to government reforms, we now have a situation where the government says a pensioner no longer has to buy an annuity. So in short, pensioners have a lot more choice, but it is much more difficult to get that income to last through your retirement. And that's where multi-assets come in. These kind of products combine safe bonds. Finding these more bespoke products increasingly attractive. The rapid growth of the multi-asset class is one of a series of changes currently reshaping the asset management industry. Firms have been forced to become more innovative in the products they offer their income-hungry customers as technological advances level the playing field for investors and providers alike. Fees are falling following regulatory changes, while more people are turning to defined contribution pension schemes as the expensive defined benefit schemes that were once the norm continue to fall away. Some asset managers are unlikely to survive in this new world, where customers demand complex and more personalised products. The big players are having to get bigger to cope with this demand for diversity, putting pressure on the industry to consolidate. These long-term shifts might be painful for the industry, but they could be good news for its customers. David Oakley, the FT's investment correspondent, is here with more. David, what are the most significant trends here? And what impact are they having on the... And we are seeing groups like Vanguard and BlackRock, the two US giants, that can offer you a passive fund at only 0.2%. That is very cheap compared to a standard charge of, say, 0.7% for an active manager. So, one, you've got the cheapness, but also... The fact is that after fees, if an active manager is charging a lot of fees, it's very difficult to beat the market. So a passive fund that is tracking the market and is replicating the market is very cheap and is actually 
outperforming the active manager means it's almost an obvious choice for a lot of investors. This is why active managers have to be more innovative in the way they develop products. So they can say, look, we've developed this special multi-asset product, which will give you 5%. This is where we offer value and where we can charge you extra fees over a passive. And is this causing some discomfort in the city? Is it, uh, are firms struggling to cope with this? I think some firms are. The first half of the year flow figures show that some of the big groups like PIMCO have seen huge bonds, but at the same time you put a bit of equity in there, which peps up the yield and can give you a 5% a year income rather than 1%. What's the advantage of that? Because you could do that by having two separate asset classes, couldn't you? It's like um, going into a car dealer these days. You buy a car um, and they give you a manufacturer's guarantee. They give you roadside assistance. They give you the complete package. This is the same thing with multi-assets. As an investor, you could use your own building blocks. You could choose equity. You could choose bonds. And if you're clever enough and you understand the markets, you can then develop a portfolio yourself. However, what most people like to do is just say, go to that one-stop shop, say, I want a 5% income i don't care how you get it can you the expert the asset manager do it for me and that's where they come in and this i think is the way forward for asset managers so you mentioned one of the other trends uh, which is causing shifts in the asset management industry is the advances in technology what does that do for customers and and providers um in many ways the advances in technology is the key trend out there the internet has been absolutely in huge in empowering consumers or customers. Um, So what technology does, it means now you could log on to your computer and you can go to what they this the the online investment supermarket and you can look there and you can decide for yourself if you want to buy an equity fund or a multi-asset fund or if you just wanted to buy a SIP or an ISA. It's all there on on the website. So, So technology has been a big factor in empowering consumers but also providing extra choice. One of the things that um, I think has come out of this is that people are flocking into passives. Um, is that is that a, that a problem for the asset management industry? It, it is a problem for the active asset management industry. The passive trend has grown particularly this year. Of the global outflows in the first half of ye- the year, which were roughly 200 billion, a little bit more globally, two thirds of that has gone into passive equity funds. And the reason is quite simple. They are very cheap. And we are seeing groups like Vanguard and BlackRock, the two US giants, that can offer you a passive fund at only 0.2%. That is very cheap compared to a standard charge of, say, 0.7% for an active manager. So, one, you've got the cheapness, but also... The fact is that after fees, if an active manager is charging a lot of fees, it's very difficult to beat the market. So a passive fund that is tracking the market and is replicating the market is very cheap and is actually outperforming the active manager means it's almost an obvious choice for a lot of investors. This is why active managers have to be more innovative in the way they develop products. So they can say, look, we've developed this special multi-asset product, which will give you 5%. This is where we offer value and where we can charge you extra fees over a passive. And is this causing some discomfort in the city? Is it, uh, are firms struggling to cope with this? 
I think some firms are. The first half of the year flow figures show that some of the big groups like PIMCO have seen huge outflows. These active managers are facing much greater competition from the passive funds and it's no longer the case perhaps 10 years ago where you would just say, right, I'll put my money into this big fund, whether it's PIMCO or Schroders, because I know what the name is. The customer is becoming much more discerning and not only the, the individual customers, but so are pension funds. And this is having big ramifications for the active asset management industry. But in turn, this should make them more competitive and hopefully mean that they have to produce better products to win their customers. So overall, we hope that customers will get a a better deal as a result from all these changes. Thank you very much, David. There's lots more about the new world of asset management in this weekend's FT Money, which is available on both Saturday and Sunday as part of the weekend FT. Still to come on the show, Are pensions providers doing the best they can for their customers? First, though, what do investors do if they want to inject a little diversity into their portfolio, but without taking undue risks and ideally generating some income along the way? For many people, the answer has been corporate bond funds, an asset class that generally offers higher yields than government debt and can produce a dependable stream of income. Because it's possible to invest in specific sectors through these funds, they can also help investors get the right balance across all their investments. People think of corporate bond funds as a safe bet. The funds invest at least 80% of their assets in investment-grade companies, or those which have a low risk of defaulting on interest and capital repayments. But they may not be quite as safe as we thought. This week, the City Watchdog, the Financial Conduct Authority, warned that investors in corporate bond funds might be taking greater risks with their money than they had supposed when they bought them. The regulator's main concern is interest rates, which are expected to start rising later this year or next year. When this happens, it could have a marked effect on the performance of corporate bonds and on investors' ability to extricate themselves from the asset class. On the line to discuss the issue with us is Laith Kalaf, senior analyst at the broker Hargreaves Lansdowne. Laith, thanks very much for joining us. Can you explain exactly how a rise in interest rates will affect the performance of a corporate bond fund? As interest rates rise, essentially the income that is paid by corporate bonds starts to look less attractive to investors, and so the prices of those bonds can be expected to fall. Now, though those prices are falling, bond investors still do continue to get um, their bond interest. So whether they actually suffer an overall loss in that in that situation really does depend on whether the the size of the price falls actually outweigh the income that they they receive over that period if you look at the market at the moment though current yield on corporate bonds is around 3.7% which is which is pretty low by historical standards so mm. i think most people would probably tell you that, that that gives you very little room for anything to go wrong mm. I was going to ask, the FCA has warned that people could lose some money. And the question is, what scale of losses are we talking about? To give you some some perspective, in the height of, of the panic in the credit crisis, corporate bond investors saw, on average, probably around 20% fall in the, in the value of their portfolios. And some of the worst funds were maybe edging up towards 40%. So we're talking about substantial falls, but we're not talking about um, uh, losing losing all of your money, mm. the FCA is is simply at the moment flagging up that some losses may may be may be incurred from these funds, and I think they're probably doing that 
um, because they may be concerned that some investors have basically you know, moved out of cash because of the ultra-low interest rates that are on offer at the moment and haven't fully appreciated all the risks uh, of investing in corporate bonds. One of the concerns that people have had uh, about this asset class is that if you want to sell your holdings in a difficult market, it's tricky. Is that is that a possibility when interest rates go up? Yeah, I mean, it is a possibility. You know, if, if all corporate bond investors simply head for the exits at the, at the same time, then what you're going to end up with is that you've got too many sellers of these bonds and, and, and not enough buyers. And that may potentially leave some funds unable to sell some of their stock. And in that scenario, they might have to impose waiting periods on investors who want to sell up. And that actually happened with commercial property funds back in, in 2008. Mm. So, you know, that sort of scenario where everyone heads for the exit at the same time, that that might occur if we get, you know, a big spike in interest rates, for instance. The likelihood is, however, that when interest rate rises do come, the Bank of England is is likely to want to, to increase them slowly and gradually. And, and if they do manage to achieve that, then while you may see steady outflows from, from, from bond funds, a one-off stampede of that nature is unlikely to materialise. So what should people do in response to this? Does it mean they should take the money out of this, this class? Um, and are there alternative asset classes that perform the same sort of function in spreading your investment risk? Yeah, well, I'm, I don't think there's any, any need for people to panic, but you do need to review your exposure to corporate bonds and you need to consider... Um, you know whether whether the return that you're getting is 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 worth the risk. You know if investors are are looking at corporate bond funds, um, we actually prefer strategic bond funds, which basically allow the manager much greater flexibility in where they can invest, and that allows them to to protect the the, the portfolio in in a much greater range of ways. Uh, in terms of um, you know alternatives. Um, well, you need to think about what your objectives are and what your tolerance for risk is. So if you can't afford to see your investments go down in value, then really you should be looking at cash and that's where you should stay. But you're not going to get a great return on it. And actually, you're probably going backwards when you factor in inflation as well. If you're looking for a portfolio diversifier, then you might look for a, a total return fund uh, or an absolute return fund, which have an emphasis on capital preservation, though they can fall in value. Income seekers might look at the equity market, but obviously you have to be able to to stomach the ups and downs of that. Currently yielding around 3%, just over 3%, um, and that comes with the p- potential for capital growth over the long term, though obviously losses can be sustained. And you know, the final asset class I suppose to consider is, is property, but bear in mind that that's a notoriously illiquid market. Well, Leith, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. Readers can find more about the risks and rewards of corporate bond funds in this weekend's FT Money, along with news on property funds and rapid growth in equity income funds. You can read online at any time at ft.com money, and the weekend FT is also available on mobile devices via a free web app in both Apple and Android versions. We're always keen to hear your views. You can leave comments on articles on the website, or you can email us directly. The address is money at ft.com. On to our final item for today. The pensions revolution is underway. George Osborne made his surprise announcement in the March budget that most retirees would no longer be forced to buy an annuity to provide for them in their old age. Ever since, pensions groups have been mobilising to create new products and arrangements that will drive forward their businesses in this reshaped industry. 
At the same time, though, annuities are still on offer. Indeed, they may well continue to be the most suitable product for many people. More importantly, what the Chancellor's reforms have not done is resolve some fundamental concerns over the way they are sold and regulated. What kind of treatment would you expect to get when buying an annuity? You might think that providers would want to make sure that you were being sold the right product for you, something that takes account of your personal circumstances, health, financial prospects and so on. Well, you might think that, but the reality can be very different. The FT has this week uncovered a disturbing case of a big pensions provider signing up a vulnerable customer for an annuity that was completely inappropriate for him and then resisting his attempts to get his money back. Joe Cumbo, the FT's pensions correspondent, is here with me to explain what happened and what kind of a warning it should send to those heading for retirement. Joe, I know there'll be full details of this case in the weekend FT Money, but could you sketch out the key points for us, uh, for our listeners? Okay. Uh, The case that we'll be profiling on Saturday involves um, an individual who was in poor health um, when he bought an annuity in February 2013 from one of the biggest um, pension providers uh, in the country. What the case does illustrate is that the rules surrounding the sales of these products, which are quite complex and can have um, very uh, big financial consequences and the decisions you make, are still fairly weak and do not go far enough to ensure that uh, the person who is buying that product is getting the right product. And so really, aren't providers obliged to do better than this for their customers? What the rules do, well, in effect, what there are any specific rules on providers selling annuities to ensure that the products they are selling to their customers are suitable. There simply aren't rules requiring them to do that. What they are required to do is to treat their customers fairly. And and in this case, the customer was sent uh, a raft of information setting out his options at retirement, which include buying an annuity or shopping around, which is called the open market option, and also the potential for uh, achieving a higher income uh, if he was uh, if you were in poorer health, which is called an enhanced annuity. The problem uh, in this case, which it highlights, is that when all this paperwork landed on the doorstep, if you're not in a position to chew it through it all and make sense of it and understand all the complex terminology, um, you could trip up. And in this case, the individual um, did buy uh, a standard annuity, which p- pays a no extra income. Income uh, for someone who's got a shorter life expectancy, and he had fairly serious health conditions, including uh, heart disease and polio from childhood. Now we've done some calculations. Uh, had he the FT big changes taking place in the asset management industry that could mean good news for investors. Risks afoot in the market for corporate bond funds, and poor practices exposed among pension providers. Welcome to The Money Show, one of the FT's most popular podcasts. I'm James Pickford and I'll be giving you all the money news this week in downloadable form with the help of my FT colleagues Joe Cumbo. Hello. David Oakley. Hello. Plus a special studio guest, Laith Kalaf of direct-to-consumer stockbroker Hargreaves Lansdowne. Hello. Once upon a time, investors might have been asked to choose between equity and fixed income when deciding how to place their money with a particular asset management firm. Not anymore. In recent years, they've had another option, 
multi-asset funds which combine both types of asset in a one-stop shop designed to service all their needs. And as the population continues to age and interest rates have reached record lows, investors... The FT. Big changes taking place in the asset management industry that could mean good news for investors. Risks afoot in the market for corporate bond funds and poor practices exposed among pension providers. Welcome to The Money Show, one of the FT's most popular podcasts. I'm James Pickford and I'll be giving you all the money news this week in downloadable form with the help of my FT colleagues Joe Cumbo. Hello. David Oakley. Hello. Plus a special studio guest, Laith Kalaf of direct-to-consumer stockbroker Hargreaves Lansdowne. Hello. Once upon a time, investors might have been asked to choose between equity and fixed income when deciding how to place their money with a particular asset management firm. Not anymore. In recent years, they've had another option, multi-asset funds which combine both types of asset in a one-stop shop designed to service all their needs. And as the population continues to age and interest rates have reached record lows, investors... ...because you've signed yourself into a lifetime annuity income. He tried to challenge it uh, retrospectively, was um, pushed away by the insurance company, went to the financial ombudsman, and then finally turned to the media to try and get some help. So this is definitely a case where the regulator needs to consider whether... Action should be taken now to ensure that products which are being sold to consumers and still continue to be sold to consumers uh, are suitable for them. Joe, thank you very much. There'll be plenty of more detail about this story in this weekend's FT Money. Other highlights this week include Terry Smith, Chief Executive of the Fundsmith Equity Fund Group, on the right approach for investors when putting their money into emerging markets. We ask... What lies behind this week's uptick in mortgage approvals? Is this really evidence that the mortgage market reforms are finally bedding down? And our summer series on finances for young people this week tackles the issue of the sky-high London rents that are beginning to cause problems for recruiters. The Money Show will be back next week, but for now it's goodbye from me, David, Joe, and our studio guest, Laith Kalaf. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.